the beginning of Holy Week, we find ourselves making the journey to Jerusalem with Jesus. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 1 through 11. Hear these words. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt there, with no one, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell them, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of our kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God. As I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Preparing to go to Jerusalem, preparing to make a pilgrimage that was tradition for them, preparing to walk through the holidays like they always have. Hello? It's Holy Week. Don't we do this every year? Well, every year except when there's COVID. Mary and I were talking on the way home from Austin. Did we have Easter last year? Virtually, we had Easter. But what about making the journey to Jerusalem? What about waving our palms? What did we do? What what have we done to prepare the way of the Lord? What have we done? It's been 40 days we've been in Lent. Jesus has said, "Pay pay attention around you that God's angels are attending to you. Take a look, believe and see what's out there. What's your commitment to Jesus since Jesus is committed to you? If you've been following us for 40 days, God has had us examining our relationship with Jesus. God has had us examining how intimate we are with God. God has had us looking outside our lives to see where God is. And today we find Jesus on the road. Coming down from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem. And he sends two out. Sends two out. To get a colt. Now, not a triumphant black horse 
like Alexander might have rode in on. Not, not a big white stallion like the Roman emperor might have rode in on. He sent him to get a colt, a donkey colt that was tied at the edge of the city to fulfill prophecy. Zechariah said he will come riding on the back of a donkey. He won't be a glorious savior, one that comes wielding a weapon. He'll come in humility. He'll come in grace. He'll come seeking the people, not seeking the glory. He'll come being faithful to who it is God's calling him to be. How many of us walk into each day Humble to be who it is God has created us to be. How many of us have walked 40 days through the journey of Lent and we've said to God, Okay, God, magnify in me that which I don't see. Magnify in me that which you are about to do. Magnify in me that where I can die and become more like you. How many of us have committed ourselves to that purpose? Or have we just slowly checked the weeks off? 39, 38, 37, 36. When can I have my Coke? 35, 34, 33. Can I have chocolate today? 30, right? We've given up those disciplines trying to draw closer to God, and yet we can't even do that. Aren't Sundays free days? Don't we get to do what we gave up on Sunday because it's a free day somebody told us way back when? Go. Go to the edge of the city, you'll find a colt, untie it, bring it to you. And if anybody says anything to you, I love this phrase. You tell them the Lord said. You tell them the Lord said. I used to work at a place and I had a team of about 10 people. And often I would ask them to do things that we knew were going to raise the hairs of those around. And I gave them this excuse. If anyone asks you what you're doing, You tell them Barry told me to. Because if they're going to say something, they need to come talk to me. Jesus owned what Jesus was doing. Because God had called Jesus to that moment. And he said, you go and you get that coat. Let's fulfill prophecy. Because the time of the Lord is at hand. Do you hear that? It's Palm Sunday. The time of the Lord is at hand. Hosanna, save us. How can we let God save us if we don't know the time of God is at hand? And God has been here to fulfill prophecy. Jesus is coming. Jesus has come and Jesus will come again. And God said so. Go get the colt. Untie it. I've always had this picture in my mind that they go and they get the colt and some people say, hey, 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 what's the deal? Well, the Lord said we could. Well, the owner... The owner of the coat was in the house. I don't know, reading the newspaper, sitting in his recliner, doing something, and he looks out the window and his coat's running off. Somebody's taking his coat. What am I going to do? What would you do if somebody took your prize coat that's tied to the fence, you're training to stand tied and be good, and somebody comes and gets it and you didn't hear the conversation? You run along down the road. You run along down the road because you're giving something up of yourself and you want to see what happens with that, Right? How many of us are willing to give ourselves to God and run down the road and say, hey, we want to be a part of this. God's calling us, but we're not sure what's going on. We want to be a part of it. We want to jump on the bandwagon. 
ooh, this is bandwagon season. Did y'all know that? This is bandwagon season for the church. You know that? Next Sunday is bandwagon Sunday because everybody comes to church next Sunday. They want to see. They want to feel good. They want to know what it's like to know that God loves them enough to hear that story that he rose again. Do they want to make the ride into Jerusalem? Do they want to humble themselves enough to say, Hosanna, save us? He gets there and the crowds are laying the palms on the street. They're laying their cloaks on the street and he's standing back from the crowd and he's looking. Why are they yelling? What's going on? Is it an insurrection? What's going on? What's about to happen? They're yelling, Hosanna, save us. Pray the the time of the Lord is here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to walk on the fringes. Because, you know, if I stay on the fringes, God can't get too close to me. I can give God a little bit, but I don't have to give all God all of myself. You know, the Lord wanted to use my coal, but the Lord's not going to use me. Right? I can write my check to the church, but I don't have to be intimate with God. I can say I support youth ministry, but I don't have to get involved in youth ministry. I can say I support outreach ministry, but I don't have to go on the streets and talk to homeless people. Right? Isn't that what we do? We're just like the colt owner. We want to give to God a little bit, but we're just going to stand off at the distance and see what God does with what we gave. God's not wanting you to give a little bit. God wants you to be one of those people laying things down in the road. God wants you yelling, Hosanna, save us. Save us. We need you, God, more than we need anything in the world. And it's not about our giving to the church. It's not about the programs we're involved in. It's not about what we do outside the wall. It's about being intimate with the Christ. Put the blanket on the colt's back. Help the man on the colt. Walk beside him. Keep people away from him. What are you doing that God wants you to do, that God has called you to do? What are you allowing to give to God, or are you holding back? Oh, yeah, God, I'll give you a little to say I'm a member of that church, a member of that ministry. I'll be there for that, but I don't want to be intimate. And you know why we don't want to be intimate with God? It's the same reason we have bandwagon Christianity. Bumper sticker theology. Nobody wants to change. Nobody wants to change. Jesus was coming to Jerusalem to change things. Jerusalem would never, you hear me, the people of Israel would never be the same after this trip to Jerusalem. What are you giving to God? Are you the same as the day you've said your salvation? The day you accepted the Christ? If you are, then you're not giving yourself to God. You're running along behind that gift saying, okay, God, what are you going to do with it? I want to see. I want to watch the show. I don't want to be intimate. I don't want to be activated. I just want to say, yes, I'm part of the crowd. I'm here for the show. Because it's Jesus. I've heard some good things about this man. He made the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk. I even heard he walked on water one time. He even fed the multitudes with just a little bit one time. Can you believe that guy? I'll praise his name. But I'm not going to change. Don't we do that? Don't we do that to God every day? We get up and say, God, this is your day, but wait, I want to control it. And then we look at our phones and we look at our calendars and our schedules and we see what we have to do. 
And I promise you the Holy Spirit's whispering in your ears saying, do something different. I love it when people say, you know, I had the urge to call somebody the other day. Really? Did you call them? No, it was just an urge. Hello? It was just an urge that Jesus sent somebody over there to get a coat to fulfill prophecy. God wants to use you. God doesn't want you to be a bandwagon player that hangs out in the fringes. Because we shout Hosanna today, but you know what happens later in the week? You know what happens later in the week? We see sweat. We see blood. We yell Barabbas. Save Barabbas. And we deny. And we betray. Did you know that's coming? If you're willing to follow in the crowd, it's coming. You have to admit you're part of that crowd. You're part of the ones who walked with Jesus. But yet when it came time to stand up for Jesus, you said, oh, no, don't change me, God. Mm -mm, Not doing that. I don't know him. How many silver pieces? Yeah, he'll be over there. You can get him then. It's what happens. But we, the people of God, have to give ourselves to God so that God can change us. And every time we give ourselves to God and we say to God, change us, God does. And we activate in our life and we become better. That's why we, the people of God, have to go through Holy Week every year. We have to walk through Lent every year because we're human beings. God knows our sin factor. God knows our willingness to be noncommittal. God knows our willingness to stand on the side and say, yay! Will Rogers once said, not everybody can be a hero. Somebody has to sit on the curb and cheer. I'm sorry, but Christianity has a lot of people who sit on the curb and cheer. Because Jesus is their hero. And they don't want to get activated. They don't want to go on. But here's the most important thing you can hear. Not only does Jesus want you to go along and get closer than being the spectator who loaned the colt to Jesus. Jesus wants you in the crowd. Jesus wants you walking along. Jesus wants you intimate, listening to what it is God does in your life. Because this is what we have to hear. God wants to change us. And by changing us, we become better. And in today's world, do you know what changing us means? It means we don't see color. It means we don't see class. We don't see socialism. We don't see any of that stuff that divides us. We see the stuff that pulls us together. We see the commonality that in our mother's womb, God knit us together. And as unique as we are, God knit us together. Now, I just came from what I call the holy city. It's a joke. But it's Austin, Texas. And once again, I was in a store in Austin, Texas. I was watching my son compete in the Texas Relays. And there's always, it's the weirdest saying about a city. Keep Austin weird. You all know it. They're proud of it. What if we said keep Christianity weird? Do we all have to be Caucasian? Do we all have to look the same? Do we all have to preach the same theology? Do we all have to say, have the same understanding on every little verse in the Bible? I think not. I think God wants us to love the diversity of God's creation and allow God to to change each one of us so that we see that as beauty. 
that we see that as beauty, that we see that as the multitudes, the ones who gather, the ones who are shouting the hosannas. Even the cult owner came along the road, I'm sure. God wants us to be weird. And believe me, we went and sat down at a vacant lot and it had food trucks all the way around it. And y'all know me, I am a people watcher. So I'm sitting there and I've set myself at the table. You know, Mary and Alex, they went and got our food. I went and found the right table. And you know what table I saw? The table so I could see the show, right? I want to see who's walking down both streets. I want to see what's happened over at Tejas house. I want to see all that stuff. Because some people are having a good time. And I want to see it. And you want to talk about diversity? In Austin, there is diversity. And it was beautiful to watch. There was not one person standing around doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe me. Mm-hmm. 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 You know? Thank God I'm not like them. There wasn't anybody saying that. They were all just meshing together living their lives, passing each other on the street, saying hello to one another, going on about their agendas. There was a Tejas, the yard was full of boys and girls. It didn't matter what color their skin was. It didn't matter where they stood in relationships, who their partner was. They were just enjoying life. What about us? Can we even get close enough to the crowd, to Jesus, to shout, Hosanna, save us? God, save us because we have enough sin in our own lives. We have enough anger in our own lives. We have enough greed in our own lives. We have enough judgment in our own lives. God, we need you and we need you to change us. Every year. We have to hear about the Black Friday. Oh, but Sunday's coming. Thank God Sunday comes. Thank God God sees us for who we are, but doesn't judge us. Thank God that we can cry out, Hosanna. Save me from where I'm at because I am a fool. Right? How many bad to sit? Never mind, I'm not going to ask you that. But we do. We deny Christ faster than anybody because we're selfish. But here's the most beautiful part of this text. He rode with the crowd into Jerusalem and they were lavishly laying love all over him. They were amazed by the miracles. They were amazed by the teachings. They wanted to be a part of the movement. And where did he go? To the temple. He rode into Jerusalem to the temple. To the house of God. To the one who created him. He went to where God was calling him to go to do work. And the first place he went was to seek God. And this is what he did. It was late in the day. They had stacked it high and deep for him to come. Celebrated him with the greatest praises. And he looked around. He saw the work that was ahead of him. 
and he decided to wait until tomorrow. But Jesus was ahead of where the people were. Jesus looked to see the work that was ahead. He looked throughout Jerusalem. Do you remember what happens next in the text? Do you know the gospel of Mark well enough to know what happens next? He walks into the temple and wrecks the temple in the next morning. But at first, he rides to the temple and he looks around. He looks at the crowd. He looks at the money changers. He looks at the people selling the animals. He looks at the people who are not taking care of the temple. He looks at the people whose hearts are not on God. And then he goes away to Bethany to pray and to sleep. And I'm sure his prayer before he went to sleep was, God, prepare me for the work you have called me to do. We shout, Hosanna, God save us. And yet God asks us to die to ourselves and give ourselves to Jesus so that Jesus can do the work in us to change us so that we can go out into the world and invite the bandwagon people into the center of the faith so that they too can shout Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. Today, let's commit to walk the journey with Jesus all the way to the empty tomb. Amen and amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.